and I'd watch like TV shows like uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch and I'd see her like running on the track and I'm like so excited. I'm like, that's going to be me one day. This Runs Radio episode 717 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, if you're not already listening to audiobooks, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, and for me, for my money, the best place to get an audiobook is audible.com. They've got pretty much the widest selection of audiobooks available. And uh, one of the cool things is that's come about, I don't know, somewhat recently with the Audible subscription is that not only do you get a free book or two free books a month, well, I'll, you pay for them. That's part of your subscription, right? Is is to get the, the books, but they also have uh, you also have the opportunity to get two Audible originals, which are kind of like shorter books, usually like uh, you know two or three hour books, sometimes even a little bit shorter than that. Um, but you know you have a, a choice of I think two out of like six choices each month. Sometimes the choices are all pretty interesting. Sometimes it's kind of like, eh, I don't know, but they're free. So you get it, you know, you get a chance to try some different things, you know, from all across the board too. there, you know, fiction, nonfiction, kids books, whatever. So if you haven't checked out Audible yet, uh, they're hooking you up with a free trial, free 30 days, which means that you get a free book. It means you get the free Audible originals. You get your choice of two of those. I think six is usually what they have. Um, and you know, if you, if you decide you don't like Audible at the end of the 30 days, you cancel your trial and it doesn't cost you anything and you get to keep your books. But, uh, I think you're going to find that you like it. And uh, if you stick with it, you may find that you like it enough to up your subscription to two books a month. But one book a month is like $15. Two books a month is like 24 So, you know, you break that down. You're talking 12 bucks a book, which that's a pretty darn good price. And you can take them with you as you go. Uh, I'm listening to audiobooks all the time. Uh, definitely am a fan. So if you want to check it out, get that free trial. Dizruns.com slash audible is the link. That gives me a little bit of credit, which uh, is, is certainly appreciated. But more importantly, it gives you... A free 30 days to decide if Audible might be something that you like and want to continue with. So check it out, disruns.com slash Audible. And now let's go ahead and uh, dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today's guest is a woman that uh, has definitely seen firsthand how hard work and intelligent training, especially over time, uh, can definitely produce some pretty incredible results. Uh, since she... Since she really shifted her running focus to the marathon, she's continued to make huge strides, almost race after race, but certainly year after year. Uh, and it's just recently qualified for the 2020 Olympic trials marathon, uh, at the Houston marathon earlier this year. Uh, her talent and passion for our sport are pretty obvious and, and you, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that a lot as we go. Uh, but she isn't, uh, just focused on her own running anymore, uh, these days as well. Like, like me, she's, uh, you know, left her corporate career uh, and and gone into to working as a running coach and helping other runners uh, reach their goals and and uh, maybe even push on past what they think is possible on occasion as well. So with that, it's a pleasure to be able to welcome fellow running coach Miss Erica White's to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Erica. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, looking looking forward to it. And uh, guys, if you if you like uh, today's conversation, you like what we're talking about, want to find out more about Erica, connect with her, uh, all those types of things. EricaCoach.com is the website. Uh, on Instagram, the handle there is exclusive Erica, 
just like it's spelled all one word at exclusive Erica. And uh, on Twitter, it's just her name, uh, which makes it real easy to find at Erica Whites. And that's Whites, W-E-I-T-Z. And that's Erica with a C. I probably should maybe uh, make sure to, to differentiate that because there's a lot of K's out there as well. But Erica with a C, Erica Whites on Twitter, EricaCoach.com and at exclusive Erica on the Instagram. And as always, We'll have everything linked up in the show notes. Make it easy for you to find. All you got to do is navigate back to disruns.com slash 717 today to get to the show notes. And we'll have all of Erica's uh, info and links and all that good stuff there uh, as we always do. So Erica, the way we always start off each episode of the show uh, is with just a, a really simple question that uh, sometimes it's an easy one to, a- to to actually answer. Sometimes it's a little bit tricky. Um, sometimes I feel like I know what the person's going to say. Sometimes I have no clue. I kind of feel like I'm trending towards I might have an idea, but uh, it's still fun to ask, and that usually leads to about three or four follow-ups that I could have never anticipated. So I'm simply going to ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, I think my most successful distance has been the marathon, and I guess now I could say uh, that's my most favorite because I've um, done the most success in that race. Um, but I kind of also like the 10 mile. I haven't run the 10 mile too much. Um, I've done like the army 10 miler and um, I've done a couple of 10 milers like when I was young, like in high school when I probably shouldn't have been doing 10 milers. Um, but yeah, I think I would have to say the marathon, but potentially the 10 miler if I could get my speed up. Right, right. Well, in that, in that 10 mile distance, I, I, um, it, it's, it's one that comes up every so often. And I think that, and, and I don't know, maybe this is the case with, with you too. Um, they're just kind of hard to find. Like, I feel like if I could find more of them, especially locally, like that very well could be a favorite race, but it's just like almost ha- at least down and we're, we're actually not that far apart. I, I don't think I'm in, I'm just down the road from you in, in, uh, Lakeland and you're up in Orlando, right? So, um, yeah, not far. yeah so it's, it's not at least where I know of down here, there's not a whole lot of 10 milers, which, um, it's kind of a, kind of a little bit of a bummer, I think. Yeah. There's a couple of 15 Ks, which is close to the 10 miler, but even those are kind of hard to find, especially in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, I don't know. It, it would be, it'd be nice to have some of those, uh, like you said, races where you really got to pick up the speed a little bit, but not the 5k. Cause Lord knows, um, I am, I am not a fan of, of that kind of speed for that, uh, that kind of distance. If I can, if I can avoid it, uh, I'm actually running a 5k tomorrow. Oof, more, more, more power to you. You have, you have fun with that. I'm, I'm going to not run the 5k tomorrow. <laughs> it's so different. I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone a little bit. Oof, well, it'll, so take about, it'll take about a second and a half and you'll be out of your comfort zone and it, it won't finish until you cross the finish line. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you feel the same way as I do about that. Yep. Yep. Definitely. So Erica, how'd you get, I, I know a little bit from, I think from your website that, uh, you've pretty much been running for forever, but, uh, how, how'd you, you know, wh- where was your entry point into, uh, this, this running world that we uh, live in these days? Yeah. Well, good question. Um, ever since I was really young, um, one of my like earliest memories I can remember is going to races with my family. So, um, my dad was a really big runner back in the eighties. Um, unfortunately he got injured, uh, when he was about 28 years old, he was running at night. Um, he hit his knee on a rock and he like tore all these ligaments in his knee. Um, so that like very sadly ended his running career. Um, so growing up, I knew like how much he loved running and, um, he met my mom through the running club. So they would just take us to races when we were young. Um, so that was really my earliest memory, just going to like races and then, um, getting really nervous for like the kitty races. And then looking back now, I'm like, wow, I was getting nervous for a 25 yard dash. That's like, 
<laughs> and now I'm doing 25 plus miles. I'm like, that's crazy. Um, and then like a hundred meter dash and things like that. Um, so yeah, that's one of my uh, fondest memories of when I was young and just the excitement of the race and all the people. Um, and then growing up, going to the running club uh, with my family, my dad would be like the lead biker since he couldn't run. And then my mom would just kind of jog the races. My brother and I would go out and um, do whatever short races they had available. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, since, so since it was kind of just, it sounds like kind of that's, that's the family thing. That's, that's kind of what, what we do. Um, did, did it ever feel, and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe not in the moment, but maybe hindsight, I don't know. I, I'll throw it out there and see what happens, but did it ever feel kind of like almost like, you know, some, some, sometimes the, like the nudge, like, like, come on, Erica, we, we got to go. Cause we're, we're going to go run. Like, was it ever something that you had to do or something that you really just truly did enjoy? Yeah, it's always something I really liked. Like my parents never pushed me into it, which was I'm um, really thankful for. Um, I feel like they could have, and you know, maybe I would have been a little better when I was younger. But I mean, I'm, I'm glad overall that they didn't. They kind of let me make that decision. Um, like when we went on family vacations, um, exercise was always like just a large part of it. It was like, okay, we get up in the morning, and then you know, if I didn't want to run, I could kick the soccer ball around. We would, uh, you know, I could walk, I could rollerblade. Um, my mom would be running. My dad would be like brisk walking. Um, my brother would play soccer. So it was kind of like left up to us. Like, so I never really did it, um, competitively, I guess you could say until uh, middle school. Mm -hmm. So up until middle school was kind of just, I do the mile. Um, I ran my first 5k when I was in, let's see, sixth grade going into middle school. Um, and that was just really easy jogging cause I didn't really know how to race it. Um, so yeah, it was kind of just one of those things that I was looking forward to, um, before middle school, I just couldn't wait to get to middle school cause I knew I could actually run on a team. Um, and then, you know, I felt like maybe I could get better and I'd watch like TV shows like, uh, Sabrina, the teenage witch. And I'd see her like running on the track and I'm like, so excited. I'm like, that's going to be me one day. Like, yeah, I'm so excited about it. There you go. There you go. Um, lo love the TGIF references, the, the Sabrina, Sabrina reference. That's, that's right up my alley as well. Although I was definitely not, uh, not the kid watching it going, Oh, I want to, I want to run as well. I was, I wanted nothing, nothing to do with things at that point. But, um, when, when you got to, to middle school, high school running, running competitively, um, you know, was that, was that something that did running change? Was it still, you know, now, now it's, now it's not just fun, but it is something that you're, you're pushing a little mm -hmm. bit at. Did, did that change at all for you? Yeah, it did. Because um, like in elementary school, I was used to maybe like being the best in the mile run and PE class and, um, you know, winning like local really short races. Um, and then I went to middle school and realized that there were people in other schools that were like, you know, better than me. And, you know, um, it was a whole new level, even though our training wasn't necessarily the best in middle school. Like maybe we'd go out and run a mile. Um, but I remember just feeling like really exhausted <laughs> in class thinking, Oh my gosh, um, maybe I should be doing something differently to train for this. But you know, I just did what my coaches said and I had fun with it. I would get really nervous, but at the same time, like excited for every race. And then, uh, in high school it was, you know, kicked up a, a notch, um, still really, um, kind of challenging for me, but I enjoy, always enjoyed the challenge. Um, cause I always had different coaches like every year, um, so there was never really as much consistency, like middle school, high school. Um, there was lots of fun. Um, I definitely wasn't the best or anywhere near there, maybe in my school. Um, but compared to the area where I grew up in New Jersey, like there's a lot of 
really, really strong distance runners there. So getting to, you know, kind of, you know, getting to maybe towards the end of, of high school and, and like you said, being pretty good for the school, but maybe not being top of, of the pack in, in the, the area at large. Um, I mean, I, I know, I know the story you shared it with me a little bit, you know, in, in the lead up to this, that, that you did go to college and, and got kind of a, you know, the, I don't know, preferred walk on or recruited walk on status and not, no, no money, but gave you a chance to walk on a team. Um, was, was that something that had been on your radar at the, you know, in the, in the high school years of like trying to, to go to college on a, you know, to, to run competitively in college as well? Yeah, definitely. That was always my goal. Um, because all throughout high school, uh, living in New Jersey, my, uh, biggest goal was really to get back to Florida because um, I lived in Florida when I was young, like six months to seven years old, and, um, and then moved to New Jersey when I was seven. Uh, so really, my goal was to get to Florida and find a school in Florida where I could run for. Um, and, you know, I tried getting better in high school. I did get a little better, um, not as well as I would have predicted from like my freshman to senior year. Um, but I think a lot of that had to do with like just changes in coaches and mm-hmm. um you know, just all different types of guidance. It's like hard to adjust to different coaches. Um, but yeah, my, uh, I was just looking forward to the day when I turned, uh, 18 or right after I graduated high school and I was able to move out as soon as I could, cause I was really independent. Um, and I love my family, but I guess I had never been away from home for more than like two days <laughs> at a time. So I was ready to just get out. Um, and yeah, I wasn't really sure where I could go because, my times were like decent, but not exceptional in high school. Um, and I actually had a couple like small scholarship offers to like some small D1 schools and a couple like D2, D3, uh, well, D3 doesn't do scholarships. But um, yeah, so just kind of I wanted to explore all the Florida schools I could and see where I could possibly go. And I was really lucky because um, my coach in college, my freshman year, um, actually went to my high school mm-hmm. and she had the same cross country coach that I had. Um, so when I found out that she was interested in me, I was like, Oh my goodness, she's interested in me. How's that? How's that possible? Um, and I met with her and the team was actually a lot better, uh, than I was. Uh, <laughs> and so I was like, how does she want me to be on her team? But she saw potential in me, which, um, I thought was pretty cool. Cause I knew I had potential too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I figured since maybe I wasn't as good in high school, um, I knew I had the potential to be a lot better because of my drive and, you know, I'm always looking up the results like, okay, at least people get that. Um, and I was really into that. And then how, how did things play out in, in college? Did, did you see that growth that you were looking for that maybe you, you didn't have in, in high school? Yeah, I did. Um, actually it was crazy because I thought I was one of those athletes that like never gets injured. And then um, my senior year of high school, my last season um, for right before track, I get injured because um, it was kind of not listening to my coach type of thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I always tell, uh, I always give that as an example to my athletes. Like I was just running too much like outside Mm -hmm. of practice because I'm like, I need to do something else. Um, but you really need to just trust your coach. And I learned that from <laughs> starting then. Uh, so I got injured and then I was a little worried because I knew I wanted to be good for college. Um, so luckily, like right at the end of May, um, I overcame a knee injury that I had been running on for a little bit and I had to take like three months of running in the water. Mm. Um, it was a big pain. And I finally, uh, was able to train the whole summer for college. Um, and I just did everything I could do. Um, 
follow the coach's plan. And then when I got to college, um, I remember first practice, my coach goes, you're a pleasant surprise. And I'm like, Ooh, I like that. Um, and then she told me that I have potential to, you know, get in the 18s for the 5K, which is like something I would could dreamed of doing in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so then in, throughout college, it was actually, it was kind of a rocky road because I did have four coaches in four years, um, similar to like middle school and high school where I, I always had a different coach every year. I think the longest I had a coach for in high school was maybe my sophomore and junior year mm-hmm. of track. I had the same coach, uh, maybe junior and senior year for cross country. But um, other than that, um, I surprised myself because we had seven freshmen that were uh, in my class. And I think I showed up as second freshman in all the meets wow. that I'd run. So I uh, ended up being on varsity my freshman year. So I was like either the sixth or seventh, like right at the end of varsity, mm-hmm. just squeezing onto it. And then, um, and then sophomore year, I worked my way up to, I think one of my cross country meets, I got fourth on the team. I was so excited. And then junior, senior year, I was like first or second. So I improved a lot, uh, in college and, but not as much as I knew I could. Looking back on things and, and, you know, hindsight's always, always 2020, but you know, you say you improved a lot, but maybe not as, not as much as you know, you could probably, you know, certainly not as much as, as you could have. Any idea what what held you back or what prevented you from from improving more than than what you did? Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. So my freshman year, I gained the freshman fifteen, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, even with running, um, I was on meal plan, and mm-hmm. I'm a big eater. Um, <laughs> but it's a good thing. Um, I just the meal plan, you know. They give you whatever you want. So I'd like pile my plate up with like uh, waffles with ice cream and um, and uh, whatever you call it, egg omelets. I'd have like mm. six plates on one tray. <laughs> um, <laughs> no matter how much I was running, you know, I was bound to do it. Um, so then my sophomore year, I decided um, to like cut the meal plan down and start cooking. Mm. And um, I was always into eating healthy anyway. So um, I was really lucky that I was able to do that. So I kind of just naturally, uh, a combination of things like my I, junior year, I had this coach that I would consider to be like the best college coach I've ever had. Um, and he was a volunteer and he came on and kind of his method was the old school method of like running really hard mm. and intense, um, doing something fast every day while still recovering. Um, so that year is kind of like a breakthrough year. Um, I ended up like probably two or three minutes Actually, two, yeah, at least two, 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 two to three minutes faster in the 5K than I was wow. my freshman year. Um, and I think it was a combination of just like my own cooking and, you know, trying to eat healthier. And at the same time, um, you know, having different coaching and it kind of started to come together. And I started to see like a huge improvement. Um, my form also, I guess I bounced a lot. Mm. Um, so he had taken us to the hills of Claremont and he's like, if you run up the hills, um, that's going to change your form forever. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. So he's like, lean forward, shorten your stride, quicken it, pump your arms, and um, your body's going to find the most efficient way to get up that hill. So that's like always what I um, tell my athletes. I try to give them like hills, even though the hills aren't as big here. Right. Um, so yeah, so the hills helped a lot. I noticed my form, I like got rid of the bounce. Um, so it was kind of a combination of form, um, longer miles or you know, higher mileage, um, I'm definitely a high mileage athlete. Um, not everyone is, but some people are. I definitely am. And so that helped a lot. And then combined with the 
eating better helped a lot too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was a, I was able to improve that way. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, you know, one thing that uh, has uh, you said earlier, and, and you kind of you know alluded to to the injury in, in high school, but you know, kind of this this drive and this this I'm going to work hard and, and do the things, um, and then talking about this this coach with um, pushing hard and doing something hard every day. Um, were there any in in those in those you know high school and definitely in, in the college years? Were there were there any injuries that you dealt with, or, or were you able to, to stay pretty healthy? Um, even though you know obviously you're getting faster, you're running harder, more miles, all all of all of that mm-hmm. stuff as well. Yeah, actually, um, so that coach, um, he ended up leaving that year, um, and then we had a different coach um, my senior year, and I actually did get the same injury with my knee. It kind of happened like every four years, um, and even after college, which is really bizarre. Um, but the good thing is every time I have it, I like if I can address it right away, like after college, it only lasted um, like a week because I stopped as soon as I felt it. Um, but in high school and college when I got it, college my senior year also, um, I kind of ran a little bit because I was like, maybe I don't have this, and I just kind of kept going. Then I realized I had to go to the athletic trainer and um, let them know the situation. So I ended up um, aqua jogging and for about two and a half months, my indoor track season of college, which I was lucky it was indoor track because – in Florida, in college, like indoors, not, you know, and I think pretty much everywhere, it's not quite as competitive as outdoor. Outdoor is really like the big, big season. Um, so I ran one indoor meet my senior year and then my knee wasn't good. So I had, we had this awesome, like resistance underwater treadmill. Um, your feet aren't touching the ground in college. Um, so I had the athletic trainer sit there with me and, and I would do the same exercises that the team was doing, um, on the track, but I do it on the treadmill and so I did that for about like two and a half months uh, while I missed the indoor season. And I just, I knew that if I kept with it, I was going to get better. Um, so then I finally got better, got back on the land. Um, after about a month of training on land, it was frustrating in the beginning because you know, it was not quite the same as running on land, but I was able to keep my fitness up, um, luckily with the water running. So I noticed like people that used to be behind me were in front of me. But I just kept at it. And then my first race back on the track, it was a month after um, getting back on land. I had a 5K PR of 54 seconds. Um, and I was really excited about that. I think a lot of it had to do with uh, the fact that I was I was doing the steeplechase for my first three years of college. And I wasn't really that good at the steeplechase. But I feel like I wanted to do it because it was something that not a lot of people did. Um, I wasn't as fearless as steeplechasers need to be. Um so I wasn't really the best of the best. Uh, my senior year, my coach had a different coach uh, every year. My coach said, I didn't have to do the steeplechase. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so then when I finally did a 5K on the track without running a steeple beforehand, like I usually did, um, I was able to have that massive PR. Um, so that was exciting. And then brought it down another, I guess, another 20 seconds by the end of my senior year and ended up luckily having a successful uh, track season, but I just knew that I had a lot more in me that I could unleash once I had some um, more consistent training. Right, right. Um, can I ask what the uh, seemingly recurrent knee injury is? Because I, I am I am the athletic trainer. I, I, I was the guy that was, um, uh, and I, I actually worked with the Middle Tennessee uh, State University track and cross country team in grad school. So like I, I was... Yeah. I know all about those those early morning treatments and things like that because I was on the other other side of the uh, the treatment equation there. But uh, do you oh, mind just just tickling my fancy on what the injury was? 
Yeah. The only thing they told me was irritation under the kneecap. Mm. Okay. <laughs> it sounds so vague, but that's all they ever said. Um, they said that my knee plate was uh, grinding against my knee. Yep. No. Probably, probably, <laughs> probably a little chondromalacia. So I'm, I'm guessing that uh, you're familiar with um, some quad sets then, because I bet you probably did about a thousand of those. Um, Maybe not. All right. Oh, I did stack my quads, uh, like with my leg hanging off the table. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did do some uh, ultrasound um, and a lot of stretching. But gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Well, hopefully, you you, you did mention that it kind of seems seems like it comes back every four years. Still, it is, and it's still like, is there any? Have you noticed any rhyme or reason on on what potentially might cause it to to flare up when it does? It's a good question. Um, it's interesting because I did get it. I got it in high school, my senior year, um, senior year of college, four years after that, and then four years after that. Um, and so I just recently had it for the fourth time uh, right after my marathon. And I think it's just maybe a slight imbalance of when I run because, um, yeah, it's the left knee. Um, and sometimes it would alternate like when I had it the first couple times, but um, luckily my coach gave me some excellent, um, these videos of, uh, myofascia release, um, mm-hmm. that I could do with like a tennis ball. Um, so that helped a lot, but I think it's, I know in my senior year of college, I think that it was taking like a week off after cross country and then not keeping up the same like strength training, but going into the same type of running I was doing right. before. So I think my quads just weren't strong enough to support my knee. Um, cause I feel like my quad muscles, if I don't do strength, uh, leg strength for a while, um, they'll start to shrink. And I guess that's normal. Like a little bit of, um, a little atrophy. Atrophy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just a, a good, uh, a good little plug to make sure everybody, you know, I talk about strength training all the time. It's something that, that we need to, to do. And, and I'm, you know, I'm guilty of slacking off on that side of things once in a while too, even though I, I know better. So, um, you know, it's, it's just something that, that as runners, we do need to, to keep up, keep up with, even if, even if we're, we're not sure that it's what we really want to do, you just got to, got to do it. Cause otherwise you end up, you know, potentially end up hurt and now you can't run. And that's, that's not a good situation. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's kind of hard also with the taper because, you know, when you're tapering for marathon, like you don't want to do intense leg weights cause you don't want to mm-hmm. mess up the taper, but at the same time you need to keep up some leg strength while you're at it. Cause especially if you're used to doing that before. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. So you, you get out of, get out of college, um, you know, and, and, and like a, a lot of folks that, that, compete in, in college in any sport, you know, it's kind of like that, that tends to be kind of, you know, the end of, of the competitive side of things. But obviously as runners, we have a little bit more, uh, opportunity, I think, uh, to, to continue to, to scratch the itch and, and, and keep pushing ourselves as, as runners. Um, w- was there ever, what was, what was the transition out of college like for you as, as both as a runner and just kind of in, in, in balancing running with, you know, you're not in class anymore. You don't have this rigid schedule, like getting a job, all, all those types of things. Um, what was that, that transition period like for you? Yeah. So, um, when I graduated, I took like a week or two off of, uh, you know, running and then I got back into it with just easy distance every day. I guess I felt like at that point I needed like break from the speed work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still wanted to run a marathon. So, um, it's interesting thinking back and like, what was my thought process? I would run 10 miles a day. Um, throughout the whole summer. Um, some days I'd run six, other days I'd run 10. Um, and I just did that for pretty much a year. Um, and then I ran my first marathon a year after after college. 
And I wasn't really sure what my goal was for the marathon. Like at first I was like, well, I just want to finish a marathon. Um, even though I knew inside of me that I could be competitive at it. Um, but I was like, it's my first one. I just want to, you know, see what happens. Um, and my training, like I hadn't done anything over 15 miles, um, in a training run once by accident. Um, and I guess I just wanted to see what would happen. And it was the New Jersey marathon. And I remember the first mile I was running with a friend. Um, and I normally don't run races with a friend, but you know, you normally, we do our own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when the race starts, if she's as fast or I'm as fast as her, we'll try to stay with each other. But, um, so I ran with her and the first mile was like seven thirty, and my dad was actually biking along with me. Cause it was a small, like maybe 3000 people in the marathon. And I remember telling my dad, like, this is too slow. What's going on? Like, this is a race. Even though, even though it's 26.2 miles, it's a race. And my friend was like, you know, we have 26 miles to go. I'm like, yeah, but this is a race. And my dad's like, just go faster. I'm like, okay, I'll go faster. <laughs> And so I just, uh, I just kept going and I was running with a couple different like pace groups and, uh, like there was a 705 or 710. I'm like, maybe I want to be with them. I don't know. And then, uh, eventually I hit like mile 16. I was running with another girl for like, uh, maybe 10 miles and she was like my PR is 307. And I was like, Oh, I'll run with you. And then at mile 16, I was like, I feel really good. I just want to take off. And at that point it'd been like the longest I've ever run mm-hmm. and then uh, I hit mile 20 and I was like where's the wall there's no wall what's going on I thought there was supposed to be this wall that I hit and then uh, I ended up negative splitting in my first marathon oh. which was really surprising and I ran like a 305 uh, I thought I was first place but then because they like they told me I was in seventh and then I passed seven people and then um when I finished, I found out there was actually one person that was ahead of me by like two minutes. Um, so I got second place in that race. And then after that, I knew that I could actually do something with the marathon if I wanted, but it was always a hard recovery process. Like after the marathon, mm-hmm. um, I, I didn't have a coach. Um, and I wasn't sure if I wanted a coach at that point. I remember, um, looking back now, I'm like, why can I just got a coach right after <laughs> college, but things just happen the way they do. And then like a year later, I started doing speed work um, on the track, like just easing into it. Um, And then it wasn't actually till four years after graduated college, like maybe four and a half, um, that I decided to get a coach. Um, And then that was a big game changer. That resulted in like a nine minute marathon PR. Mm -hmm. Um, But there were a couple of marathons in between there, which were uh, pretty exciting. I can... I can go into if you want. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, how, how did how did you know? Yeah, let's let's do it. What was the the kind of progression in those in those other races after the first one? Yeah. So uh, after the first one, um, I guess I did have sort of a goal in mind before that one, and it was like to qualify for Boston. Um, and then I ended up qualifying by like 30, 35 mm-hmm. minutes of that race. So um, I ran Boston the next year. That was my second marathon, and um, I ran it with the same friend actually. She came along also, the same one that ran the first one. She ended up only like 10 minutes behind me in the first race. Um, so we went did Boston, and it was the year that it was 87 degrees, and they were telling people to run at your own risk. And, um, you know, 87 degrees for a marathon feels like 100 degrees if you're not running a marathon. <laughs> right. Uh, if you're just running. And that was a rough race, and I didn't know how to run Boston. And I remember my dad's done Boston a couple times, and he was like, uh, we need to drive the course. And I'm like, I am not driving 26 miles the day before the race. I just didn't want to ride in the car. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I realized why, because all those downhills in the beginning, um, I went out too fast, like six-minute pace, 
which now I could do, but then I couldn't do. <laughs> right. Um, and I wasn't ready for it. And so um, by mile five, my quads were on fire and I still had 21 miles to go and my legs were dead. And so I just like powered through and I ran like a 314, which is my worst marathon to date. Um, but I guess it was still okay considering the conditions. Um, I definitely slowed down a lot. And then uh, after that one, let's see, so I continued to kind of just do random workouts with random groups and mm. I would do my own mileage. And um, 2013, I ran my third marathon was uh, Chicago. And that was, I had actually got plantar fasciitis like mm. three months before that. And so I ended up um, just kind of like cross training leading up to it. And I was in like the, actually, I'm forgetting one marathon in between. It was Boston 2013. Mm. So I waited a whole nother year before I did a marathon after 2012. Um, and that was my first uh, sub three hour marathon. So that was like 256. And I was really excited about that, but that was also the same year um, of the Boston bombing. Right. Everything happened. So, you know, I was excited when I finished, but then I couldn't really celebrate. That was a, that was a pretty emotional mm -hmm. day right there. Um, so then I guess my, my parents were there too, and they heard everything. I was get, luckily inside like, getting a massage down the block right. um, when it happened. So that was really scary. Um, so then six months later, I do Chicago. Um, but three months before that, I get injured um, in July. Uh, Chicago's in October. And I got plantar fasciitis because I was wearing the wrong size shoe. <laughs> I can't believe it. Um, somehow I convinced my running store that uh, I was a seven and a half, but really I was an eight and a half. Uh, <laughs> Boy, that's that's a big difference. That's not just a that's not just a half size. That's a big one. I know. Well, one of my feet was a seven and a half. The other one's an eight. Mm. Um, so you know you have to go half size up from your biggest foot. Um, so I made that mistake, and then um, I basically cross trained through plantar. Um, I kind of ran a little bit and stopped, and then I was like, I just need to cross train. Um, and then my time was like 2:57, so maybe like it was only maybe 40 seconds slower than Chicago or than Boston. Mm -hmm. um, so I knew I could do better. And then I wait till 2014 for the next marathon, Boston again, um, and I wasn't prepared. I ran it like 2:59, and then um, finally I have a breakthrough like the end of October, um, and I had a coach come up to me. I don't know if I can say names. Yeah, go for it. Okay. His name is Gary Brimmer. He lives in Texas. And um, he came up to me and I met him at the Boston Marathon like 2014. And he was like, um, we have this opportunity to run the Army 10 miler um, with a team. And, you know, you can have as many people as you want on a team. And they score the top five, like cross country. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that sounds like a good idea. So I did that. And um, I just set a goal of like an hour and one minute. And then I ended up an hour, one minute and six seconds. And I was like, Oh, okay. I got my goal. And then my coach is like, uh, or he was, he was a coach at the time who got me to run the race. He's like, uh, you're an Olympic trials qualifier. And I'm like, wow, really? He's like, yeah, you let me coach you. And I was like, ah, I don't really know. I don't know if I want to pay for a coach. I don't know if I want, you know, the commitment at the time. And then he's like, um, you should let me coach you. And then I kind of agreed like, okay, fine, let's try it out. Um, so I tried it out and then I trained for the grandma's marathon in June and he was thinking, and we were thinking I could qualify there. Um, my best was like a 256 at the time. And so I worked hard 
I ended up running a 247, um, which was a nine minute PR, and then 247.58. And I was like 30th woman. I'm like, oh, that's, I was okay with that for like a big race. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wanted to try to qualify for the Olympic trials. So I did California International <laughs> Marathon that December, but it was my first year as a full time teacher. And my training didn't go as planned. Um, I ended up having to skip some workouts. I thought I had low iron. Um, it was like a whole mess of things. Um, so that race had some good and bad. I guess the bad was that I didn't qualify, but the good was that I got my half marathon PR in the first half of the race. <laughs> and the second half was like nine minutes slower, but it still ended up to be a 249, which was like, I guess, you know, not what I wanted, but an okay time. And then, and then they changed the standard right. five days after this. So they made it like 245 or 245. It was 243. I was like, if I knew that, maybe I could have qualified then and paced myself better. And maybe, um, but then, yeah. And then I did the next marathon was a month later since they changed the standard. I'm like, why not just go for it? Mm-hmm. And that was kind of, um, that was a rough race, um, similar to Boston 2012, where I hit the wall at mile four this time. Uh, <laughs> it was a, a month after, and I never recommend my athletes do a marathon like the month after another one, but I guess this was an extenuating circumstance. I'm like, let me just try it out. And um, I ran like a 305, so 17 minutes off. And then uh, I kind of felt burnt out from the mm-hmm. marathon. <laughs> So I took another year and a, two months before I actually did another one. And that was, uh, I guess, my I call it my second most successful marathon because it was uh, my first marathon win. Wow. And it was the Napa Valley Marathon 2017. And I had a good uh, incentive to win. <laughs> and that was uh, you win your body weight in wine if you win the race. Oh, well, yeah, that, that'll, get you, that'll get you going. Yeah, seriously. So that was a good race. Um, it was like a 2.48. And I knew I couldn't qualify at that point because the window wasn't open. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to see whatever I could do to win. And um, that was definitely worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a crazy race. And, uh, yeah, I was racing one of the fastest 50-year-old women in the country at that race. And she was back and forth for me the first 12 miles. And then um, – I was like, she's not getting my wine. <laughs> <laughs> and she was awesome, though. She ended up like 38 seconds behind me, which wow. was really close. And I had to battle like a hailstorm in the last two miles. And that was pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And then, you know, as, as the story unfolds, you know, like like you mentioned in the intro, you, you ended up getting the, the qualifying time uh, this this year, which is which is awesome. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. What's you know obviously predicting the future is is a fool's errand, but um, you know between now and and the trials race, um, whatever it is, next February, right? Something like that. Yeah, um, February. Yeah. So what's what's kind of the the plan? I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming that the plan is to kind of peak for that race, but but what's what's the plan between between then and now uh, for you as as far as your running and training and things like that? Yeah. So the plan is actually to try to get faster in the shorter distances. Um, cause I've never actually trained for anything under a marathon since I was in college, mm. which has been nine years. Crazy. Um, so yeah, I'm running a 5k tomorrow. Um, I didn't really get to plan too much training before this race. So I'll just kind of see if I can get my best time. 
Um, my best time was like a month before Chicago marathon last year. Um, and that's the race where I, I was 24 seconds off of qualifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of put like a damper on last year. Uh, last year training was not, not the best, but then in October, um, I did a couple things and, uh, ended up, um, doing a couple different things outside of running, strengthening, stretching. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what helped me qualify for this race. Um, but yeah, I just want to get faster in the 10 K 5 K um, 15 K half marathon. Uh, right now my best half is in the, in the Houston marathon and it's like two minutes faster than my best half before, which was in CIM. Right. <laughs> so I want to do a fast open half and I'll just get faster the short stuff. Cause I think I do, even though sometimes I think I have no speed, I'm just a marathoner. I realize that I do have speed and I think I can get more. Um, so I'm just going to keep at it for the short stuff. And then the next marathon will be uh, the trials. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's, that's, that's awesome. And, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's always fun to to talk to obviously different folks. I mean, that's what I do all the, all the time here, but, um, to hear, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have the speed, but you're, you know, you're talking about, uh, uh, you know, what, what all, all these different times that you're talking about for the marathon and, and things like that, they're all, you know, for me, those are, those are fast. Those the, you've got the speed. And for, for most people listening, um, I think, I think, you know, it's safe to say you've got the speed. So it's just a, a good reminder that everything's always, always relative in terms of times and, and things like that. Um, shifting a little bit away from, from the running side or at least your running side of things, where did, uh, where did shifting and, and getting into the coaching side of, of the sport, uh, get on your radar? How did that whole thing play out? Oh yeah. So, um, basically, um, when I was teaching, I always, I coached high school also cross country and track for five years. Um, and I always wanted to get into like my own coaching either on the side or, um, you know, I thought maybe about making it a full-time thing, but it wasn't really like I thought it really crossed my mind fully. Um, but right before Napa Valley, um, I think it was 2016, um, I had a friend approach me that he wanted me to train him. Um, and he actually wasn't even a runner. He was just looking to lose weight. Um, so then I started training him and, you know, I gave him some running workouts and strength. Um, and then I wanted to get a few more clients. So um, I ended up starting off with a couple friends and then a few people um, found out about me and they wanted me to coach them too. So basically before, before I left my teaching job, I was coaching anywhere from like two to seven people max. Um, and it was fun. I liked it. Um, and it was awesome to see them get better. It's different training adults than it is training, um, high schoolers. And I realized that when I started teaching uh, boot camp classes, like in the summer and seasonally in 2013, um, that I love coaching high schoolers and, once you get them motivated, they um, can do amazing things. Um, but that's the fact of getting them motivated. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually I'd have like one to five people on the team that actually like really cared and were serious. Um, and, you know, by the end of my coaching career, I was able to build like a really strong team um, coaching high school. Uh, so, yeah, so I really like coaching adults too. Um, so I started uh, getting a couple more clients and I was applying for a couple jobs after I was supposed to teach online um, when I left my teaching job, uh, found out that I didn't want to do that. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, well, I need to make some money somehow. So um, I got a, a few more clients and then I started growing and all of a sudden, um, you know, I had more and more athletes coming to me and um, without even myself having to market too much. And now um, I train uh a large number of athletes and it's basically it's a full-time job now which is amazing and i'm able to support myself with it too which is really cool and i think 
it can only grow from here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome to be able to do something like that, that, that you enjoy, um, and, and be able to, to help other people, you know, and, and see that, see that, uh, that work that you're putting in and obviously that, that they're putting in really, really pay off. Um, but before yeah. we, we completely kind of get to the, to the point of, of really needing to wrap this thing up, um, anytime I'm talking to other running coaches, I always love to, to, you know, kind of get, um, some of your, um, like your, your top tips, you, you know, we, we, people that listen to the show, they're, they're obviously, um, pretty, pretty, uh, dedicated runners, always looking for ways to improve and, and ways to get better. And I think sometimes, um, they get sick of me saying the same things over and over and over again. So it's, it's nice to maybe get uh, a different voice with a different slant or maybe even saying the same thing, but saying it in a different way that, that maybe it, it gets through the, the, their heads a little bit. So, um, you know, with, with the last few minutes that we have here today, Erica, what, what are a couple of your, um, you know, go-to bits of advice, whether it's injury prevention, whether it's recovery, whether it's, you know, stretching and, and strength training workouts, uh, it, it's completely wide open, but, uh, you know, if you could give one or two good, uh, bits of advice to, to the folks listening, uh, I, I would love if we could kind of wrap up with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think there's so many things that go into, you know, being a great runner and being the best you can be. Um, but I think a lot of those things have to do with like what you do outside of running also. Um, so of course, um, you know, getting enough sleep, hydration, nutrition, um, those are like the first steps before you even start training. Um, you know, trying to get at least eight hours a night, um, some people need different amounts. Um, and then also making sure that you're uh, fueling well before and after your runs and workouts um, and even on days off. Um, and another thing would be uh, stretching and strengthening like before and after your run. So um, I tell people, tell my athletes that even if let's say you're like in a time crunch, um, if you have to cut your run a little bit short to make sure that you do those um, exercises like after your run as far as stretching and um, you know, mobility. Um, mm -hmm. I do dynamic, uh, stretching before and after running. Um, and it's a huge game changer, um, and it helps you recover for the next run. So I guess I would say sleep, nutrition, um, stretching and strengthening dynamic, um, before and after and uh, static stretching after. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's all the, all that, uh, little things stuff that I always talk about so often that, that these things that, that, easy to overlook and easy to, to think that, uh, Oh, you know, I don't, I don't need to, you know, like you said, I'm crunched for time. I don't, I don't, I don't need to stretch today. I don't need to warm up today. I can just get out and get after it. And you might be able to get away with that once, uh, maybe twice, but eventually that stuff can catch up to you. And, and obviously as well, as we, as we keep getting older, we need to do, you know, do more to take care of ourselves. So, um, I, I love those, love those suggestions. Thank you, Erica. Yeah, definitely. So as, as we're, uh, you know, pulling, pulling this thing into the, into the old Harbor here, um, I love to kind of wrap up with what I call a, a philosophical question, which is kind of sounds scary sometimes, but it's basically the same thing as like the introductory question, real, real, you know, short and sweet and, and kind of to the point as far as a question. And you can take the answer, which, whichever way you, you want to go with it. But, um, you know, kind of like I, I mentioned in the, in the intro, um, you know, it's, it's been consistent, hard work training over, over many years that have, have gotten you to this, this point and, and, uh, you know, from, from talking to you, you know, kind of recognize that there's, that there's, that there's more potential and, and keep working towards it. Um, I, I would just be, be curious. Um, was there ever a point or has there ever been a point? Or are you, are you at that point now maybe, um, where you've, you've felt like you've, you've reached your, your potential or, or what, what keeps you, um, striving on for, for more, um, you know, that, I don't know. I have a better way to ask it other than that. So what, what, what keeps you driving 
to, to keep pushing yourself to go to go farther, go faster, things like that? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I know I'm not nearly the best. And I know that um, every time I reach a goal, like my next thing is, okay, what's my next goal? Um, so I'm a, for some reason, I've always been able to keep myself motivated with running. And I think that's because I keep setting new goals. So in my last race, I ran my negative splits and my last mile was a 545 according to my Garmin. Um, so I figure like I could have ran faster. Um, I know it gave it everything I had, but it's like, okay, now I realize that I have the potential to go faster. So, um, my goal for the Olympic trials would be to break 240 and then just see where I can go from there. Um, so I think setting new goals and, um, you know, trying to be the best that I can possibly be, um, before my time's up. (laughs) And yeah, I know that we have a window of time where we can be the best we can be. And, um, as we get older, that window comes a little bit closer. So I'm like, okay, I got to do it now. Um, strive to be as fast as I can be and, hopefully motivate some people and motivate my athletes along the way. And they motivate me also because uh, they work so hard and, and that's the plan. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And uh, certainly looking forward to continuing to, uh, to follow along and see how things go in, in the build up towards uh, 2020 and towards the Olympic trials and, and uh, obviously beyond that as well. But uh, guys, once again, if you want to check out more about what Erica's got going on website, social medias, all those types of things, uh, ericacoach.com on Instagram at exclusive Erica and on Twitter at Erica whites. And again, that's Erica with a C last name, W E I T Z for the Twitter. Uh, disruns.com slash seven one seven is the link that'll take you back to the show notes today. Uh, everything will be linked up there just like it always is the, the show notes, the cliff notes version of the, of the interview, all that good stuff. Disruns.com slash seven one seven. So Erica, thank you. Um, for taking the time today. Thanks for uh, putting up with some of these tech issues that we've had along the way that nobody else knows about because uh, we've, we've spliced things together and made it work and it's all, it's all seamless at this point, but now, now I just let the cat out of the bag, but uh, thanks for, thanks for bearing with me. Thanks for making this happen. And uh, obviously wish you nothing but the best going forward and uh, uh, many, many, many more years of uh, pushing yourself and getting better. Keep that window open as long as possible. Uh, And thanks for the time today. Thank you so much, Denny. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Erica and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from this episode. What was something that we talked about today that uh, really struck a chord with you, that really resonated a little bit more strongly with you than uh, everything else? What was what was your highlight from today's episode? For me, it was it was kind of... It wasn't like a specific thing. It was kind of more of a, maybe a theme of the episode. It might, that might be the better way of, of saying it. And it, it's kind of the idea um, of how Erica has just continued to get better uh, with with experience, with, with age, if, if you want to say it that way. But over time, um, you know, the, she's always finding a way to take things to the next level Um quite often through just persistence and hard work and, and belief in herself that she can, she can continue to, to get faster and continue to, to go farther. And the reason that's, that that's the takeaway for me is that it's really, I think, uh, um, speaks to, to the patience that it takes to, to reach our, our quote unquote peak in this sport. It speaks to the consistency that required, that is required. It speaks to the dedication. Um, and, and, Sometimes I think that uh, as, as humans in general, but as runners as well, 
we we often look for the quick fix. We wanted we want, we want the hack. We want the um, shortcut. We want the thing that is gonna you know do do X Y Z and and immediately you know you're gonna trim ten minutes off of your marathon PR, and uh, that's not typically how it works. You know, it, it, it takes time. Improvement in our sport is a process. It's not something that just that you just snap your fingers at and it happens. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes dedication. It takes intelligent work. You know, whether it's having a coach and sticking with a coach for a while. Um, not trying to turn this into an ad for myself, but I, I, I can tell you that of the folks that I work with, I have several athletes, several several runners that I've been coaching now for basically the entirety of my coaching career for, for, you know, four years going on four, four plus years at this point. I know them, they know me. We, we kind of speak the same language almost, you know, and not just obviously from an English perspective, but we, we speak the same language in terms of their running and knowing, and, and me knowing them and they're running fairly well, fairly well. And I, I, I believe wholeheartedly that that helps me be a better coach for them. So that, that consistency in training philosophy, that consistency in our communication over the years, has, I think, played a, a very large part in their development versus, you know, some sometimes you, as, a, as a coach, you get a runner that comes in and they're, they're with you for a few months, maybe maybe for one race cycle, and then they're, they're gone and you never hear from them again. Well, you hope that you help them, but it's, it's a lot harder to make a huge difference in one person's running trajectory in three or four months than it is in three or four years. So, you know, going back to Erica, again, that's that just speaks of her her consistent work moving in the right direction. And even if she changes a coach here and there or does some self-coaching before she coaches herself, whatever the case might be, it's not saying that you need to be locked in. But that consistency over time, that patience, that that regular work, moving, trying to move in the right direction on all fronts, I think really pays off. And, and obviously with Erica, um, it's I mean, it's, it's working. She's on her way to the Olympic trials, hopeful, hoping for a big PR there. Um, and just continuing to push herself as a runner and, and get better as, as she goes. And that's, in my opinion, professional and personal, that's what it comes down to is consistent work over time um, and not always bouncing around and trying the newest, the newest thing all the time because then you're, you're never making that, that progress and working through some, some things and really, really seeing the, the fruits of your labor. So maybe a little bit twisted, a little bit convoluted, maybe reading a little bit into it, but that Hey, that's the beauty of these takeaways is you, is you can, you can take away whatever little nugget you want and make it fit you, uh, however you are. So let me know, let me know what stood out to you from this episode. Let me know what your takeaway is, uh, at Diz runs on Twitter at Diz runs on Instagram. Of course you can, you can shoot me an email, disruns at gmail.com with your takeaways from any episode. And you can always leave a comment in the show notes, which you can get to for this episode, disruns.com slash seven one seven. And there's links and photos and uh, all the things in the show notes for today's episode, disruns.com slash 717. So uh, that is about it. But before we completely sign off, um, you know, don't forget to check out Audible if you want to check out a, a, a free audio book. Uh, if you, if you want some some choices, some suggestions, let me know. Let me know what you're interested in. If it's something that I uh, have gotten a book of, about that in the in the past, I'll give you some options. Uh, if you like kind of uh, uh, kind of crime, not really crime, but kind of you know adventure, kind of maybe Jack Ryan-y type of stuff. It's only not, not quite CIA, but whatever. The, the Gray Man series is a series that I'm a super huge fan of. I'm probably going to be listening to uh, the next book in that series soon. I think I've gone through five of them. I think I've got two or three more to go to get caught up. Um, 
but love them. And they're long. They're like 14, 15 hours long, which means, you know, you can get a couple, couple of good long runs in before you get to the end of that, of an audio book like that, which is, which is kind of cool. So, uh, you can check that kind of book out. Um, uh, but let me know what you get. Let me know what you get with your free trial. If you're an audible member, member, let me know what you're, what you're listening to, what you're reading. Cause I'm always looking for new ways, new books to, to get. I think I've got a couple of credits right now, actually burning a hole in my pocket. So I need to, to get on, get on the old audible and check it out. But if you want to check it out for free, disruns.com slash audible. Uh, one other way you can support the show. I know I've said this before and I'll say it again, but, uh, sharing the show is huge. Anything that you can do with, whether it's sharing stuff on social media and you can tag me, that's great. Certainly appreciate to see that kind of stuff. You don't have to, um, you know, make it, make it your own, make it, uh, make it or organic to, to you. Uh, but telling others about the show, telling others about the stuff that I've got going on, sharing the little things course, telling people about the giveaway, uh, when somebody asks about coaching, you can, you can tell them that even if you don't work with me, you can tell them that, uh, that I coach and they can check me out. Um, uh, but all, all those kind of little mentions, those little asides, those, that one-to-one connection that you have with your running friends, um, when it's appropriate, I'm not asking you to spam your friends with, with, you know, diz, 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 but, uh, you know, when it, when it's appropriate that you can, you can slip my name in there or slip my website in there. Uh, it really is appreciated. So thank you to everybody who's been doing that, who has done that, who's mentioned me on, on their blogs, mentioned me on their podcasts, uh, mentioned me on their social medias. Um, and again, whether you mention me or, 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 you know, whether you tag me or not is completely irrelevant, but thank you for, for spreading the word. And, uh, you know, as more things continue to come down the pipe, hopefully there'll be more opportunities for you to, to, to tell others about what we've got going on. Um, which is, you know, kind of creates that snowball effect where the more people that know what's going on with, with me, then the more things I can, uh, be able to create or the more, uh, traction things get when they get created, which brings more people in, which makes me create more. And, uh, it's a whole big vicious cycle in a good way. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for telling others about what we've got going on over here. Uh, and if this is your first time listening, well, thank you for, for checking it out. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, let me know what you think. Let me know your takeaways. Let me know how you found the show. Just just connect in all the ways. Social media at Dizruns, Dizruns at gmail.com, um, and any other way that you can find me. Love to hear from you guys. So uh, that is it for today. Thank you for listening. Thanks for the support. Thanks for uh, just for, for tuning in, for giving me your time and your attention. It certainly means a lot. And uh, until next time, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Take care, guys. Mm-hmm.